0: Hello, I'm Paula Jenkins, a transformative life coach and podcaster. Welcome to Jumpstart Your Joy, a podcast that talks about the stories of people following their hearts, finding work that lights them up, and looking at how joy plays a part in their journey. To learn more about this podcast or to find out more about me, just head on over to the website at jumpstartyourjoy.com. Hello and welcome to episode 30 of Jumpstart Your Joy. I can't believe it's 30. (laughs) Today's interview will be with Jordana Jaffe. She's a Facebook group strategist. First though, a big hello and welcome to all of the new listeners. And of course, a big welcome back to my much beloved audience. To get your hands on the show notes and check out the past episodes, head over to the website at jumpstartyourjoy.com slash Jordana J-O-R-D-A-N-A. Plus, there is a brand new squeaky clean archive area on the site that lists out all the episodes by guest last name. So (laughs) head over and check that out from the top nav under podcasts. If you like what you hear and you haven't yet subscribed via iTunes, head on over and do so. And if you haven't left a review, please do that too. It's definitely exciting and I love reading all of them as they come through. The big news for this week is that starting April 7th, 2016, I'm running a new program called Your Courageous Purpose. And it is with two other awesome, awesome life coaches, Liz Applegate and Sheila Soni. You guys, we've been doing these practices for the class, and I'm so excited. Be <laughs> like to be in the free beta. Head on over to the site, jumpstartyourjoy.com. And under programs, there is a drop down for Your Courageous Purpose and I would love to see you there. Before we get to the show, I'm also adding a brand new series to the podcast, which I'm calling the Joyful Biz Starters, because it just seems like in this last month, I've had all these great guests on who are entrepreneurs and doing amazing work and kind of groundbreaking, unusual work in the entrepreneurial space. So if this topic excites you. Please go back to episode 28, where Diane Polly talks about how to find your perfect client in a heartfelt way. And episode 29, where Emily Wapnick and I get to chat about being a Renaissance soul in today's world and how she started an amazing business based on her multi-potentialite personality. And I also cannot wait to announce April's lineup at the end of the show. So stay tuned because it's awesome. This week, I'm so excited to speak with Jordana Jaffe. She's a Facebook group strategist, and she helps inspire introverts build intimate businesses online. She focuses on creating cozy spaces on Facebook and Facebook groups, and those attract communities and help build businesses. So now for the interview with Jordana.
1: Welcome to the show, Jordana. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really happy to be here. Yay. So would you
0: like to tell us about your early sparks of joy?
1: Yeah, sure. So early sparks of joy in my business or in life or? As a kid. Yeah. What as were, a What, kid. what delighted mm, you as a little what one? It delighted me? It's so funny because I'm sure other people listening can relate, but I feel like the things that I loved as a kid, I probably still love now. I love to color. I love to dress up and play pretend. I don't think I love to dress up. I'm, I'm such like a cozy homebody. I'm not like as much of a dress up person. But I really think that as a kid, like I loved dressing up and playing pretend and playing the dolls and um, having like my face painted and I just like having fun. Mm -hmm. Um, and being silly and stuff like that. and playing with games. That's kind of
0: exciting. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I also loved, I I think the dress up part. Yeah.
1: And when you said face paint, I was like, yes,
0: face painting. Face painting. Tell us about who you are and what you do now.
1: So now what I do is that I help entrepreneurs who are introverts or homebodies by teaching them how to create their own super engaged Facebook group, also how to successfully participate in other Facebook groups so that they can grow their online community and get clients while staying at home in their cozy PJs.
0: Hmm. I really like that. So you identify as an introvert. Did I see that your Myers-Briggs is an INFP? Is that right? INFJ. Oh, INFJ. Okay. Then we're just one step away from each other. I'm an E. That's Oh, cool. Yeah. I also noted on your site that your path includes quite a few twists and turns as you figured out what worked for you, kind of from a business sense. What do you think were your biggest lessons from some of those past experiences?
1: To keep going, to stay committed to the journey, to ask for support when you need it. Yeah, I think like just the keep going part has been really big because that's, I think, what it's all about, right? Like as long mm-hmm. as you keep going and you're still in the game, then you're still in the game. But <laughs> and also that it's okay to slow down. Just don't stop. So I think sometimes we get overwhelmed, we feel stuck and that's fine. I think that's just part of the journey, but slow down, you know, you know, even if you're really at a snail's pace, but don't stop. Yeah.
0: It's totally non-intuitive to slow down, but to to be able to go faster. (laughs) Mm. But I've seen it work. Like if I just slow down and take the breath, even in the minute, like oftentimes things become super clear and then I can follow my gut. But if I'm moving too fast, I can't do that. (laughs) Amen. So were there some experiences in the past that shaped you and kind of helped confirm or direct where you wanted to go?
1: I don't think I ever necessarily knew where I wanted. And I just followed one step after another. Mm, yeah, You know, and I, I like there. there's some kind of quote of I think maybe it's Martin Luther King. He says something like, you know, you don't need to see the whole staircase, you just need to take the next step. Mm-hmm. Or like, when you're driving a car and it's dark out, they just show you, the light just shows you 200 feet ahead. But like all you need to do is keep going and keep going and keep going. So I think that's just what I've committed to.
0: Yeah, I love that. Yeah, not getting too far ahead of yourself. Yeah. I love that your brand, is so it's filled with this joyful, magical sense and a lot of openness. It seems really refreshing out in kind of the myriad of Facebook groups. <laughs> it's clear that you're really living a life full of purpose, and joy. How did you find your way there? Or has that just been a natural fit for you throughout your life?
1: I found my way there a l- lot of the time because I realized what wasn't working. Mm-hmm. So I think that something would happen. And I'd be like, this isn't working. So like, what, how can I reroute? How can I course correct so that it feels better? So I think that's kind of what it was. It was being in certain situations. And I was like, this doesn't feel quite right. Like, What can I do to reshift so that it feels better? And I think that's how I've ended up where I am today because I've been really mindful of when things don't feel good. And then I'm just like a natural fixer. So I'm like, how can we fix this?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Isn't that awesome too that you take the time to like get introspective or reflective about it, it sounds like.
1: Yeah. Kind of figure it out. Yeah. No, totally. I mean that's for better or for worse, that's my jam.
0: Yeah. Are there times that you've been met with resistance and been able to course correct from that?
1: My own resistance? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm Mm -hmm. sure. But, you know, above everything else, I want to feel good, right? Because I know that when I feel good, I'm going to have the most energy to do whatever I need to do. So, I mean, I, I don't think I'd probably ever classify it as resistance. I'd probably classify it more as feeling stuck. But then I kind of just, navigate my way through it and, and wiggle around. And then, <laughs> and then you know, hopefully I, I emerge feeling a bit clearer, but yeah, I mean, I definitely have experienced duck net. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I like that you're differentiating that and that your primary driver, it sounds like it's really getting clear on what makes you happy so that you can move forward following that feeling.
1: Oh yeah. Most
0: definitely. Yeah. You mentioned that in mid 2013, after embarking on your first six month program, that you and I quote: You felt wildly exhausted, extremely disconnected, and that you had no idea what fun felt like anymore. Mm. Do you want to explain kind of that period of time and what brought you out of that lull, or or how you? Felt yeah, no. Basically,
1: basically what happened was, you know, I signed up to work with a coach, like a, a high level coach. It was like the most money I had ever spent before on a coach, and her focus really was around making money. And at the time, that was perfect for me because I was so exasperated. And if you're listening in on the call, perhaps you can, you know, relate to this as well. But I was so exasperated by just my frustration with not feeling like I can make money as easily and quickly or as much as I wanted to. So I hired this coach and the focus was making money. And that was perfect for me. Right. Like I was very aware of what I was signing up for and happy (laughs) to sign up for it. (laughs) Right. So what basically happened was that that was her priority for us as well. Right. Her priority wasn't for us to. You know, do what feels good. Her priority wasn't to follow the fun, and and that's fine. I was like aware of this. It wasn't like I was I was duped into to doing anything. So I signed up, and you know she you know tells me what to do, and I start making money. And then you know, and I was launching, and then launching, and then launching, and then launching. And in some ways, it was like kind of a high because I was like, huh, I'm making money. I mean, I also was spending a lot of money, so that's like another thing, because. I definitely wanted to make money, but I also wanted to like have a profit. (laughs) So I definitely was spending a lot of money too. But like, what basically happened was, you know, I I launched like uh, three programs in a row, and they were like big launches, and I had never done anything like this before, so it it felt huge to begin with. And it probably started around January of 2013, and by June of 2013, I was like dizzy. I was like, I don't know what's happening right now. Like, I don't know. Like, I just felt extremely disconnected. For myself, I felt, yeah, I mean, I felt totally disconnected from myself. It wasn't like a bad six months in the sense of like, I increased my visibility, I increased my email list, I made more money, it was the year I made my first six-figure year, you know, so there were for sure positives from it, but the way in which I went about it didn't feel good. So then I was like, okay, now we know that we can make money. (laughs) this is good information to know it also probably helped with any limiting beliefs around money and then i started revisiting stuff and saying okay like now who do i want to learn from next so that was one question to ask myself and and what what's like my new focus and my new focus was really continuing to make money continuing to have an impact continuing to have visibility but more on my own terms you know like more while honoring the journey, just as much as reaching for the destination. Mm-hmm. So I think that was really what it was for me that up until, you know, in maybe in January 2013, I was like, I don't really care what the the journey is, I just want to get to the destination. Like, I don't care if I sweat or cry or suffer or struggle or whatever i just want to get to the destination and then i started seeing glimpses of that destination and i was like this isn't sustainable Do you know what yeah. like if i yeah. want to continue getting to this destination i need to create some kind of path where the journey feels just as nourishing and fulfilling and enlivening and energizing as i anticipate and hope for the destination to be because the thing is that once you get to the destination there's just a new journey Right. Mm-hmm. So so you need the energy for a new journey to get to a new destination. And if you're just kind of living off of what you hope to be the high of the destination, I don't know how sustaining that is. At least it wasn't very sustaining for me. So that's kind of how I saw it. And I started learning from different people who really focused more on kind of joy and pleasure and following the fun and doing what feels good. And yeah, sure. All while growing your business and making an impact and, and all that stuff. Because sometimes I think that when your needs are met, you don't need them anymore. And once I realized that I was able to make money, my need no longer was to just be able to make it. I wanted to make it more on my own terms now.
0: Mm. <laughs> I love it. I love everything about what you just explained, because I know kind of being new to the coaching journey, like it's easy to see that side of things where it's like, "Oh my gosh, I have to make money," and getting caught up in the messaging, which seems to be fairly prevalent at, at the moment, at least around make six figures now, oh, you yeah. know, and then being like, "Oh my gosh, what's wrong with me? What do, what do I need to, to do to get there?" kind of things.
1: So. Right. And the thing yeah. is in complete transparency. Six figures is only really cute if you're making... I mean, revenue is no longer sexy. Like, what's sexy is profit, right? Mm So... I once wrote around that time that we were talking about, I wrote this newsletter called, I just made $15,000 this past month and freaked out, here's why. (laughs) And I wrote this whole newsletter about how I made $15,000 and I had this image of like, when I made $15,000 in my business, I'd be like booking a trip to the Bahamas and you know, within 24 hours, having a pina colada in my hand and being like, I've made it in the world, right? And what was the reality of the situation? The reality of the situation was that I had, made $15,000, I had spent $13,500 to make this $15,000. So really, I had just made $1,500 that month, and I was totally tired and totally frustrated and pissed off that <laughs> that I was like, wait a hot minute, I could have just made $1,500 this past month and called it a day when it just comes to looking at that part of it. So I think that, yeah, Six Figures is great, and it it sounds lovely, and, and it definitely means that, you know, you can inspire people to say yes to what you're offering, and it definitely means that you have an audience, but what it doesn't necessarily mean is that you have a lot of money in your account.
0: Yes. Yeah, I love that you're just being transparent and, like, calling it what it is there, because it does come down to really, like you're saying, though, like, how does the journey feel, and also what are you actually bringing in? <laughs> if those things don't match, then I mean, I've surely been through the launch last year. I did an, an online retreat and i made the mistake of it being like a six month launch cycle. Like what yeah. was I thinking? <laughs> and it was the same thing. I got to the end and I, I was delighted and loved doing the retreat. But looking back, the lesson learned for me was like, you know, I do it in a sprint. It's not a marathon. And then, yeah, you make what you make to sustaining both the energy and the cash flow to be in launch mode that long. Is
1: not. Right. So, yeah. you know, would you rather make $30,000 and only spend $5,000 to get there? Or would you rather make $100,000 and spend $95,000 to get there? <laughs> right. Because in the end, yeah. the person that made 30 is actually richer. So these are all things to, to think about because I, I get it. I think that the whole six figure thing is like really like, ooh, like you've made it. But like whether it's six figures or like a five, you know, figure month or a million dollars, what really matters is the profit when the day ends.
0: Yeah, so true. It is true. Well, and I think there is some confusion about how numbers are being reported and recorded and all that, because it seems like the pressure's on, even if it's just on all of us internally, at some level to be able to say that, like I
1: made six figures. So Right. Yeah, yeah no, it's like this it's like you've made it.
0: If someone is stuck kind of in that, in the grind or or they're listening right now and they're like, yeah, I am kind of tied to that idea, but it's not feeling very fun. What would you suggest that they do to kind of reignite whatever the happiness and, and the passionate side of them about it is?
1: So first and foremost, I think having that awareness is step one. I think most people, what happens is that you don't necessarily, the first step I don't think is that you have the awareness. The first step is like you just, feel like something's off, but you don't really know where it's off or you just like feel like a discomfort in your life. I think once you have the awareness of like, oh, wait, this discomfort is related to my business because I'm not doing what feels fun. So I think that's great. I think that's kind of step one. So if you're already there, that's amazing because you've already gotten to a place of awareness. So that's great. And (laughs) so congratulations if that's where you are. And then I think the next step is to and at the very least, like, write, like, a, a happiness list or write, like, an I want list. And basically what that looks like is, you know, you set the timer for, like, 10 minutes so you have, like, a focused amount of time to do it. And you just write on the top of the page, I want dot, dot, dot. And then you just let go. And it could be anything. It could be like, I want water. I want a shower. I want, you know, but like other things will come out of it. And you'll start seeing, you know, perhaps like you'll just do a whole brain dump and then you'll step away from it and come back the next day and and start seeing some patterns and start seeing some connections and whatnot. And clarity will come from that.
0: Yeah. There's so much power in writing it down too. I think It's easy to just be like, I know this doesn't feel right and I wish it were different, but I love that you're suggesting to actually put it to paper.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. Because that makes it more real. I mean, there's all this scientific evidence around that head to hand connection and Mm. how writing stuff makes it so much more powerful. And also then you're able to kind of see it in a different way. So true.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I know like two years ago now, I started what I call my 10 in three, which is the 10 things I wanted to do in three years. And once I I wrote it down, I mean, that's easy, right? Like 10 things. Although it's a little hard sometimes to narrow it down because it meant I had to like get rid of a few things. But so do you want to talk a little bit about what your business is and what you love about it now?
1: Sure. What I love about my business now is that I'm helping people create businesses that feel good. So I'm helping people. And so I'm going to take a step back. Facebook groups isn't for everyone, right? Nothing really is for everyone. But if Facebook groups is a platform that resonates with people, then what I do is I help them create fulfilling and nourishing and energizing and, and cozy journey for them to get to whatever destination they want to get to in their business. And that is really, that's really fulfilling.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. What do you think is the number one thing that holds people back from getting involved with Facebook groups?
1: Fear of some sort. Uh, I think it's either a fear or it's a sense of like just not knowing what to do. You know, like, oh, like I want to, but I don't. So it's either I don't know what to do or I kind of know what to do, but I'm scared of speaking up and not feeling seen or I'm scared of not being able to sustain it. Or I'm scared of saying something and then people not agreeing with me and me feeling, you know, rejected. I mean, I think these are all just like very core human fears. (laughs) So it's just it's just another place where it's where it's coming up in their life.
0: Yeah, and is there like a single piece of advice that you would give people who are like, yeah, I really want to start it, but some of that that you just talked about is coming up, and I don't know
1: what to do. Get clear on why you really want to start it. You know, when your when your why, when your desire is stronger than your fear, then it wins, mm-hmm. right? So if you get clear enough with why you want what you want, when you get connected enough with your desire, then that that excitement that energy ultimately wins over whatever fear might be temporarily paralyzing you.
0: I love that wisdom. That's really good. (laughs) Thank you. And kind of related to that, in business, you talk about how there's this crossroads of being in your comfort zone and your zone of genius. And we might have already talked a little bit about this, about kind of pushing yourself beyond that. But lots of people suggest or subject matter or experts suggest that we push past our comfort zone. Mm -hmm. But you seem to have kind of a different take on this. What's your take on what it feels like to be in
1: one zone of genius? You know, I feel like I get an honor and to some degree agree with the whole, you know, pushing past your comfort zone. But only if it feels good enough. (laughs) I mean, I think there's like a fine line. So that's why I kind of say it hesitantly and slowly. And I think it's also led by intuition. So I think that you'll be the one that knows what the difference is. So the question is, are you not doing something because you genuinely want to do it but just fears are coming up? Or you're not doing something because you just genuinely don't want to do it.
0: Mm, Yeah. So I
1: think if you if you're not doing something because you genuinely don't want to do it, but you feel like you have to for some reason, then don't do it. But if you're not doing something you really do want to do it but fears are coming up, then I think that's when you invite yourself to kind of push yourself past. The comfort zone. And I think also that said, leaving your comfort zone can still feel cozy. So and that's what I love about Facebook groups, right? So it might feel scary to say something that vulnerable, it might feel scary to have a large audience. But what if you can do that and still in, you know, your cozy yoga wear, your zip up hoodie on your oversized couch with your warm cup of tea, watching some Netflix show, like you're creating a cozier space while allowing some new like discomfort to come in. So I think that there's this balance that you can seek out if that makes
0: sense. Yeah, it's funny because I think a lot of those subject matter experts, whoever <laughs> the quote unquote they are, it does feel like the intent of their message is to push way beyond that and, and get into a place where you're no longer dancing in between excited and terrified, but maybe you're closer to the area of just being terrified. I think that's nice. The cozy aspect, is that how you tend to run your business today?
1: Yeah, almost oh, definitely. That's definitely my focus. That's so wonderful.
0: So in following that, that kind of, that line of like following the fun and and doing what feels right why do you think it is even if it's not just around Facebook but why do you think so many people are clamoring to be a part of you know Instagram or Periscope or or whatever the the new shiny object is like what is the push there for them
1: I mean I think they see it working for other people and I think that seems really glamorous, right? When you see an account that has a lot of followers, and then you start creating these stories of like, oh, this must mean that they're making a lot of money, or oh, this must mean that like things are going really well for them. And you want that for yourself. So what you do is that you attach success to the platform, as opposed to realizing the truth. And the truth is that the success doesn't come from the platform, the success comes from the person who's bringing energy to the platform. But I think that's what it is. And also, it's just very accessible, right? So I think that what happens is that, you would think like, oh, it's not so hard. Like, you know, Instagram's on my phone. Like, this is so accessible. Periscope's on my phone. It's so accessible. So I think, you know, beyond that, you can also just say, well, this is really accessible. It's a really accessible and free and seemingly easy way to to grow your business.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that you said seemingly easy. There is that lure. Like, I had not loved Twitter for a long time because it just felt like I was screaming in a loud hallway. You know, like, Mm. no one was paying attention. And when I focused on a community, which interestingly came after I started the podcast and and did an interview with Danny Wood of the new kids on the block, like there's a community around him. And then when I started talking to those folks, like then the community grew and they welcomed me in. And that was really authentic and wonderful. But I, I guess my question coming out of that would be like how if somebody really wants to get into social media or grow a following, what would your kind of advice on that be? either on a specific platform or on finding the platform that's right for them?
1: I would find a platform that that feels fun and energizing, you know, because any platform will work for you as long as you do it consistently and commit to it. And the thing is that if you don't genuinely like doing something, consistency will just come from willpower and self-discipline. And eventually that gets really exhausting. Mm -hmm. And it's great if you have that skill set, but like that's not, it doesn't really feel fun to me. So on the flip side, if you are doing something because you genuinely like it, it's a lot more organic and easy to do it consistently because you're just, you just love to do it, right? So it's not like this push. It's, instead, you're, you're kind of just magnetized to it instead.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so true. For someone looking for the right social media, would you suggest just kind of playing with them a little bit to see what feels fun or how would you find the fit?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that's one way to do it. I think other people have a sense of what they already would or wouldn't like. I think that it's just that people are not accessing that inner knowingness because the allure of other ones is out there, right? They might be like, oh, I really want to do this, but I've seen like these other three people do this other one and, and it seems like it's really working for them. So maybe I should do that instead. So I think that everyone deep down really knows what it is that they want to pursue. And they don't yet, you know, I'm sure after a bit of investigation, they could figure it out. I think it's just allowing us to move forward with that once we know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a really a good point, too, because I think if you already know, like, you know, I'm comfortable being heard, but I don't want people to see me. Well, then Periscope is probably not your jam. Right. What would you say if someone's looking to set up a community or tap into the community that's on Facebook? What's the benefit for a small business or a business owner of a group versus a page for your business?
1: Well, I mean, they're two very different things. So a page, what that's going to do, the reason I, and I'm not an expert, but this is just like from my own knowledge and pages. So pages, you can see whether you have a Facebook account or not. And yes, most people in this day and age do have a Facebook account, but in case they don't, Still, you know, a Facebook page is accessible to anyone. Now, also, Facebook pages are important if you want to do a Facebook ad. You need a Facebook page if you want to do ads. So that's important as well. The thing is, so Facebook pages used to be really big because what you posted on it, everyone saw. But then this algorithm came up and suddenly visibility is really compromised and people just weren't as into it because they realized like they had 40,000 people that liked their page, but no one was really seeing it and that became really frustrating. So, I think the different so that's the, what I know is the, about pages. In terms of groups, well, I see a page as a billboard really, and I see a group as this intimate dinner party, really regardless of how many people are actually in the group. Just because it's this place where you can have this ongoing conversation, you can get to know people. It's really this amazing space for relationship building.
0: Yeah. And that is good for probably smaller businesses, but do you, I mean, what size business do you see having the best success with a group?
1: I work predominantly with small business owners, so that's all I can really speak to. I can't imagine if Nike did a Facebook group, <laughs> that it would be like really awesome. But I don't know, maybe if there was like a division of Nike, then it would be, it'd be better.
0: Yeah. I've, having done advertising for a long time, I'm sure they would love to figure out how it could work for them. But I think you're totally right that it's probably what the engagement needs to be kind of authentic and one-on-one. And that would be hard if you were a big
1: brand. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, exactly. Exactly.
0: Yeah. And if in being involved with your group, it seems like you're pretty hands on. I don't know. What's the best way for a business owner to approach that if they're like, how often? I, I, I know probably it'll depend on the person themselves, but I don't know. What kind of results do you see? you know, with and with what kind of effort?
1: I mean, I think your community is only as engaged, active, present and excited as you are. So you kind of set the standard, especially in the beginning. I mean, I think at this point, I don't need to be as engaged for my community to be engaged. But we're all also like 8600 people. in, And we started the group October of 2014. And, you know, now it's March of 2016. So we're like a year and a half in and also we have 8600 people. So I just wanted to kind of share that information because when you're starting out, you really need to be super engaged. You need to set the standard of consistent engagement. So in the beginning, I probably was posting anywhere from one to four times a day. And I was really making sure that I was commenting on everyone's posts And the reason that this worked for me was because I genuinely like to do it. If this was just a to-do on my list, if I felt like I had to do it, then it would have felt really draining. It would have felt very frustrating, which is why I say always that Facebook groups, just like no platform, is for everyone. And that it's really important for you to find a platform that feels good, that feels energizing, that feels exciting to you. Because whatever it is, you need to be consistent. And unless you want to depend on willpower and discipline, it's not going to be easy to be consistent if you don't like it.
0: I've totally found that to be true about the podcast. I don't know. There's something about this. And there's probably just like what you're saying. It's something that really lights me up. And I love it. Yeah, I think once you find it, the good news there, I guess, that I'm saying to listeners is once you do find it, you really will know. Like, (laughs) there's a totally different feel to it. Mm Mm-hmm. In another blog post, you reflected, and I loved this quote so much you can't escape your truth. Your truth is you. And it's there because it's what's going to make you the happiest you can possibly be, whether you really get that right now or not. Do you want to dive into a little bit about what you were saying there and maybe what, and explain maybe what your
1: truth is? I think your truth varies. I think like your truth, you know, depends on where you are in your life. But I think that. I think what I'm basically saying there is that we all have an inner knowingness that's available to us at any point and it's our choice to access it or not. And it can feel really scary to access it because once we access some level of inner knowingness, it's hard to be aware of that inner knowingness and not take corresponding action. So, for example, you know, like if you're in a relationship and you have a sense that like it's not really the relationship for you, but you're not ready to leave, it's hard to really take ownership of like oh this isn't the right relationship for me because you're not ready to take action accordingly. So instead, what happens is we justify why we're in the relationship until we're ready to actually take aligned action. So I think you know the reason I was saying that is because I think a lot of times people feel like they don't know what to do, and and I was basically just saying that whatever your gut is telling you, as scary as it might feel, your gut has your best interest at heart. You know, your gut is your wise self. Your gut is your North Star, your inner compass. So if you can trust it, if you can follow it, then it, it's not going to lead you astray.
0: So well stated. Yes. Yeah. And it is. It's a little bit scary once you've tapped into what you know your truth is, because it's what the quote is it by Marion Williams, I think something along the lines of we're not really terrified of what we're not, but we're terrified of our own greatness. But, mm. Yeah, it's powerful to be able to tap
1: into it because
0: <laughs> where where will it take us I guess it's exciting to find out what about your work has brought you the most joy
1: just being able to support people in ways that feel really great for them i think that's been the most rewarding part of the whole journey yeah
0: what do you think would surprise people about your job or how you work
1: that i really do have a very low key life that it's super low key it's super cozy that one time someone in our Facebook group said that they felt like we ran a really tight ship. And I feel like if someone just like saw a bird's eye view of what our life looked like on a day to day basis, it would be really perhaps it would be surprising. It's just really low key and, and relaxed and chill. <laughs>
0: <laughs> for for listeners who are not familiar with you online, would you like to get you know, list you know, your Facebook group and your website?
1: Sure, yeah. So you can find out more about me and what I do and all that stuff um, on my website. It's jordanajaffe.com. And then also you're welcome to join our free Facebook group. As of March, 2016, we have over 8,600 women entrepreneurs in it and it's free and we have lots of Free stuff, and actually, if you join in the file section, we have a free Facebook course. It's called How to Get Clients on Facebook Without Leaving Your House or Spending a Dime. And if you just go to the file section after you request access to join, and you scroll down, it says 14 Day Facebook Course, and you can get that there for free as a gift to joining. Wonderful, yeah,
0: and I will link all of that up in the show notes so people can find their way over. I have really enjoyed being in the community. It really is a magical place someone out there has a dream that they want to bring into action, what would be your advice on how to do that?
1: Tell someone else about it because I think telling someone else makes it more real and then create a plan. And if you're finding it hard to create a plan, then seek out support from someone who can help you create a plan and then just start taking action bit by bit by bit. I'm a student of simplicity, so that's kind of the way I would always go about and do things.
0: And last and most joyfully, what are three ways that you can think of to jumpstart joy in your life, in the world, or in other people's lives?
1: Go outside and enjoy nature is definitely number one. Number two is be generous, be kind to people. And I guess number three would be connect with yourself in some way whether that by meditating or taking a bath or a shower or, or you know just giving yourself the time and space to to connect with yourself and and drop in
0: thank you so much jordana it's been just wonderful getting to meet you and talk to you and and learn more about you
1: thanks so much for having me
0: Thank you guys so much for listening. And thank you, Jordana, for the great interview. It was so nice speaking with you. If you want to grab the show notes, they are at jumpstartyourjoy.com slash Jordana. If you're looking to follow your dreams and want to find a coach to help you do that, well, you're in luck. (laughs) My new full-time gig is as a life coach. You can head over to the site and there is a banner or a button on the right-hand side that says a free 30-minute consultation call. Hit that and you'll go right to my calendar. It could not be easier. And okay, now it's time to reveal the April guests. It's another wild roundup of amazing joy-filled biz starters. And if you can't tell, I'm kind of giddy about it. Probably because next week on April 4th is also my birthday. So on April 5th, which is episode 31, I have the one and only Chris Gillibo. And it's the launch day for his brand new book, Born for This. So it's a really awesome conversation. I cannot wait to share with you guys. Episode 32 will be Mary McCarthy of Glorious Hugs, which is a small business out of Minnesota that sends gifts to seniors and other people. April 19th, which will be episode 33, is a solo cast from me. And on April 26th, which is episode 34, I have on career coach Laura Sims of Your Career Homecoming. So yay, such an awesome lineup. There is so much goodness to come back for, and I can't wait for it. Until next week, which of course is my birthday week, (laughs) may your days be filled with so much joy.